There you go. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. What's happening? Well, it's nice to see your face. Yeah, you too, buddy. I know we've been uh, sort of um, messaging back and forth for quite a while. Yeah. And uh, before that, it was sporadic. And before that, it's been seven years. So. That's right. So uh, I guess I know nothing about you in your life besides you went to New York many moons ago to follow your love of, you know, people and sewing, rather. Well, my, my, my love of my wife, I guess, yeah. um, is the uh, operative word there. And that's why I sort of came to New York. Um, and uh, things have gone well. Um, you know, so still doing canvas like we used to be doing, but not for uh, greedy people. Just for, <laughs> for greedy people. Well, that's good, man. Anything you can do by yourself is, I think, a win, especially today. Yes, yes. And, uh, and then I've started into a, a lot of videography and we have some exciting things going. What is um, your, uh, what's your main projects you do with that? Like, I know the I, music video I, thing was something for a while. and Yeah, no, that's generally a lot of what I do. I do a lot of editing for uh, people nationally. Um, hmm. And we have a documentary coming out um, about a woodpecker that, no we, uh, that we rehabbed last summer. And, uh, and you, can, you can follow all that on my Instagram, and it's at the Lake Films. At the Lake Films. Very cool. I'll have to check that out. So um, you can follow there. And uh, still making music, playing music. That's what I was doing before the call. Um, Very nice. You know, writing, writing, playing, producing, you know. Just being a badass, you know, just basic things that happen when you're will. Do my things for the soul, you know? God, how um, important is that? It is very important. And I was saying to someone last night on a phone call is that I just don't know where I'd be without music in my life as much as it is. Um, well, I'll to be honest with you, I've had a very rough relationship with it, especially of lately. Like I we have, all, a, we all do. Uh, it's I, not easy. Yeah, I have a hard time listening to it these days. I mean, not listening to it, but just it's so emotional sometimes that I have bigger issues than the music wants to bring out. And it's like, I don't know if I could do this right now. Oh, I, I totally relate to that. Um, you know, and it's, it's, it's kind of a juxtaposition, too, because, um, you know, you, you want that in your life so bad, but it brings out so many emotions, especially when, you know, when it's hard times, you know, ah, and like, it yeah. becomes certain things become hard. Um, you know, one of my favorite artists, uh, killed himself, um, a few years ago and listening to his stuff was really hard for a minute. God. Um, just because I know he was a super, super good human. That's hard, man. You know, so like just, in, that's another aspect of it, but yeah, music's a, t it's a tough relationship when you, you know, derive so much meaning and feeling from music. How's this last year been for you with your work and stuff has the pandemic done anything to you over there or is it kind of uh, you know <laughs> to be fair i've probably been busier than i've been in years <laughs> <laughs> well good for you man that's awesome um you know like about right about you know it was a couple of lean months right at the beginning there but i'm generally kind of slower in the uh in the winter with the canvas stuff um mm. so but right about may it picked up and it went all the way through january and I've just now kind of slowed back down. Just in time um, for spring. But I'm trying to um, sort of transition back into videography from Canvas. Um, just because it's, 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 hard, it's a physical business, um, as you well know. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, and I'm, no, I'm not a spring chicken. <laughs> <laughs> 
So. Well, as long as you stay healthy, I think that's a big battle for a lot yeah, of people. No anyway, question. no question, no question. Well, I, quit I quit smoking cigarettes a bunch of years ago, so oh, that did was you? a step in the right direction. Does that make you feel like you can jump over tall buildings in a single no, bound? Feel no different. Um, <laughs> oh. uh, be perfectly fair, um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's obviously a good thing. Um, sure. I smoked for a very, very long time. And, uh, you know, since I was in high school, basically. So, what was it like smoking <laughs> in high school? Uh, it was a different time. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine. It was the late 80s, early 90s. And we, uh, we kind of had parents that, you know, single parents that had full time jobs and didn't have time to look after you constantly. Like, um, it seems like today's generation is a little bit more. God, that uh, might even be healthier to some respects. I, I personally, I think it is because it, it sort of teaches you to fend for yourself, and be responsible for yourself, um, yeah. rather than you know maybe pawning that off or um, not actually having to take the responsibility in in the first place. So, God. but you know, but at the same time, um, I stayed out of a lot of trouble, but I got into a lot of trouble too. Um, but did you die? I did not die. I did, did not, not I did die. Not die. I did not die. Um, you know, I, I came. I came uh, closer dying in sports than anywhere. In, 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 in any <laughs> Dude, other the stuff yeah. you would tell me that you would just try to sneak in on a weekend terrified the shit out of me. Let alone what you'd go off and challenge yourself doing. Example: well, putting on those goddamn rubber suits or whatever and jumping out in Lake Michigan in February trying to catch a wave. Like that's ridiculous. You know, and I, I think it I, honestly, I think it sounds more ridiculous than it is. And that's and like it, that stuff's blown up now. Um, oh, for I mean, God. Oh, absolutely, dude. 100%. Crazy how many people are doing it in the winter now? And, you know, and then like in the summer, it's the, those the places to do it are packed with people. Um, and uh, and I don't do it much anymore. My, my, you know, my wife doesn't like me going out there alone um, here. I don't really have surfing friends in Michigan. I do. But here sure. I don't. So the winners and, you know, I'm older. I'm not as adventurous as I once was. And, and, and to be perfectly fair, I'm into music and video, you know, more than yeah. actual surfing. Anymore. But I get out wow. here and there and fun and it's still a fun thing to do. So um, nothing wrong with that. But the, the, the risk taking has been mitigated. <laughs> yeah, relationships will do that to you. They'll kind of make you make your world close down a little bit or shrink it, rather it, it sure will it sure will um it definitely will do that so but yeah like and happy as a clam um happy to touch back base with you and um for sure have a little conversation here so i've been, I've been doing all enjoying all the episodes i think everyone all the guests have really like brung it if you will like everybody brought it and like sort of had something unique and uh and interesting to say well that's why i'm talking to you sir i believe in you well <laughs> I, I, I trust in your brain not to like bring the nuts but to actually have an opinion that i mean at least i want to hear I have some strong opinions um right. but you know um they're not all right or they're not all statistically yeah, absolutely not um you know, I, I try to hedge my bets by 
reading a lot about a lot. You know? Yeah, that's so yeah. smart. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. you know, but like we're all going to be wrong once in a while. It's just the nature of being human. So, uh, example, what the hell is up with Bill Gates? Because this guy went from the hero of the, the poor people flushing toilets to the global Batman villain. And I just don't know how the hell that happened. I, I, I am in, in that same camp with you. I don't know. And some of the things that I see posted, you know, about him or written about him, I'm like, can that be true? Like, <laughs> right? can that be true? And there's, it's, it's always seems like there's some shred of truth, but the context is just off the charts. Right. Like it's not even close, it seems like. And now I'm not purporting that really rich people are all good. They're not. Right. Bill Gates, from what I've read, doesn't seem to be a bad guy. You know, right. um, you know, doesn't mean he's doing everything right, but he's doing some things right. Um, but, you know, like I'll give you an example. Like I had a friend of mine who's, 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 uh, who's another videographer. And he yeah. sent me this video of Bill Gates talking to like the DOD or something in some, you know, conference room. And there's a screen and a TV and he's talking about max, mass vaccinations and all this stuff that all the, um, the people that are, are trying to, you know, purport. And I looked at, I'm a video editor. Like I do this for money. And within 10 seconds, I knew the video was fake. I'm, I'm getting a pretty good eye at spotting fake videos <laughs> um, because I look at a lot of video and I know what masking looks like. And if, if no one's familiar with that term in video, just look it up. Um, I can put someone, I can put you on a different background. I can put a different background on you just by some clicks of a mouse. Um, I can put somebody else's head on your head pretty well just with clicks of a mouse and a couple programs um so deep you know, fake coming I, soon well there's you know it's not that hard and it's becoming easier um when they first started to do that stuff it was pretty hard to do something convincing um but it seems like every year it's getting better um i just saw something about like a new vfx thing called metahuman where you can just go in and talk i mean make a metahuman and it's got all these categories and things you can do and make them do and like what the it's gonna fuck, be, dude? It's gonna be so easy to disconnect from your reality before you know it like how, how and then you look at like vr and oculus and like you start to think about how those things are going to come together in another 5, 10, 20 years like it's yeah. mind-blowing what are we um, creating like we're the rabbit hole is intense and deep, um, but we're not there yet. So, um, and there's always variants. You know, we don't know. You know, I think we feel like a people. A lot of people feel like they know exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> and uh, did anyone know, see the internet coming the way it happened? Like we saw what it was, and then it turned into something else. Like you're saying with yeah. VR, like there's going to be a time when it's indistinguishable from real life. No, exactly. You're, no, you're exactly right. And if you look at like um, a band like Gorillas, and like there's a cartoon band, but they've been using holograms on stage. What the fuck? And Gorillas is on, the band name. Look it up on YouTube. It's unbelievably awesome. Um, write it down. And like we're not there yet, 
but like I, I start to look at like all of these things and go, oh my God, it, once these things all kind of bridge some of these gaps, like the potential is limitless. People are like limitless, limitlessly curious to plug that fucking thing right up in their anus, dude. This, I mean, if, if that's what it took to plug in VR to stick it right up your butthole, they'd be like, okay. Yeah, right into they're gonna what they're gonna plug the internet right into your brain for, you know what's the what's Musk talking about the the Neuralink? Uh, Neuralink? Yeah, uh, I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, he'll admittedly say that it starts off just like we're saying as something to help PTSD slash loss of limbs slash brain activity functional things, and then at some point people go, oh, what happens if we do it to someone who's normal? Oh, well, it enhances them. Oh, well, fuck, we're never gonna stop hitting that button. Right. Like right, what the fuck? Right. And like, and then like, what are the ramifications of the things we don't know we can do with something like that? Or like, now we have this sort of framework for this Neuralink, but what in twenty years? What's that same framework going to look like? No idea. Something like, crazy. It, no, you, you, something crazy. It's going to change the human experience. No question. Absolutely, and like we're watching it change very rapidly already. Um, you know, just with our devices. Right. We hold those things everywhere, dude. We we won't set them down if you paid someone. I mean, there's anxiety involved with this stuff now. Yes. The, absolutely. The internet has created mental illness that no one's even seen until the internet created it. Right. There's like neck problems from looking down at your phone all the time. Like what the right? fuck? <laughs> we are becoming different people, which is so that's why it's so far fetched, or not so far fetched, rather, when people speculate about past humans and what they could or couldn't have done. It's like, how the fuck could you know? An asteroid could have wiped out their computer and here they did start over when you picked up history. Like, how do you fucking know? I don't know where I saw it, but in the last couple of days, I saw an article and I and I, I saved it somewhere and I can't remember, but they were talking about how that it's very possible that 25 million years ago, there was technologically advanced species on this planet. And yeah. I saved it to read because I don't know sh shit about that. Right. You know, but like it, that's super interesting to me. Like, 100%. like how can we know that? <laughs> right? like, yeah. Um, at least, yeah. at least the Gobekli Tepe type, type scenarios where they go, well, at least they were building and doing things 10,000 years ago because at least, you know, that's little things of speculation I've heard as far as that goes. But like technology is so relative. Like Machu Picchu, when they found it, National Geographic took that picture with it all covered in vines and shit, and they found the right. creek that or the little spring that went through and fed everyone and all this, like that's technology. As far as I'm concerned, they weren't dying of botulism. You know what I mean? They were, no, exactly. there was exactly. no bathroom problems that we could report there. Like they figured out some things. Right. Oh no, for sure. For sure. And they probably lived a much more natural lifestyle. God, right. I wonder what that even looks like. What, what natural is anymore? And can you yeah, even define it, it? It's tough, but I think like there's, um, you know, there's some people trying to get back there um, as far as they can get anyway. You know what I mean? Like, I know a few people that, you know, homestead on their farm and they, everything comes from their farm. And, you know, like they have windmills yeah. and like all, you know, it's and it's really impressive. And like, and they eat all everything that comes from their farm. And, you know, what I, like, and it's pretty impressive. Um, it is. You know? It's great to uh, think about. And I get halfway there sometimes, but to actually commit, that's a whole other story. Yeah, no, no doubt. And like, I think like, for, for me, like living in a city of a million, um, it's a little tougher than somebody who's got, 
you know, 10 acres out somewhere that they can spend time with and maybe, you know, just passed down by their family or whatever the case may be. Um, but like, I commend those people for trying to get back to a simpler, like kind of a simpler lifestyle, even though it's hard work. It is hard work. So, God, it ever, is it ever? Sure is. Sure is. And that's why sometimes, at least I feel, with so many goddamn people in a country, you can't just have everyone should grow their goddamn tomatoes because then here you are, Will, over in the city. And it's like, well, that's not going to work for every single person. So you hear that all the time with the monocropping and the this and the that. And if we just did blank, well, for how many people? A couple million? And then what happens? Like everything works to a point. Like what not every idealist idea is scalable. Well, and it, it, there's always problems, right? There's, nothing's perfect. And I think like one of the things that people have started to get accustomed to, and if nothing's per, like they, they, there's this attitude out there that if it's not perfect, why do it? Like yeah. nothing perfect happens overnight. Everything's a progression. Um, you know, and like you know, healthcare, great example. Yeah. It's like we we. I, you know, you know, the ACA and Obamacare didn't help me. I was in that bracket where I didn't get a lot of help, Um, but, you know, but I couldn't afford it at the same time. Right. Sure. Um, But I also realized that we have to start somewhere as a country. And just because it's not perfect doesn't mean that it's not worthwhile in, you know, in pursuing and having something to progress on and work on and all those types of things. So if you had a magic wand on healthcare, you coming from spending a lot of time in Canada, knowing that system a lot better than I do and was ever taught to know, sure. where do you see that? I mean, that was always one of our conversations back in the day was that was, you were hot on that. Like, God damn, this is a and thing. My, my, uh, my, um, my stance still stands on that. Um, it like just being from Canada, living in New Zealand, um, and doing a lot of traveling and seeing what kind of how other places are um, and how their systems work. Yeah. Um, it just, it, it really, it's a stark contrast, you know, when, when, when GoFundMe is like the backbone of our healthcare system at this point um, for a lot of people, it's so you know, fucked up. Um, yeah. it, it, it's bad. It's, it's ruining people. Um, it's ruining people's lives because they get sick and like that's not you know that's not acceptable um not, now at this on the same to put the shoe on the other foot is canada's healthcare system perfect absolutely not yeah can't be it, it's not no none of them are but like i see what's kind of going on in other countries and what's going on here and i'm like this is a no-brainer to me this is just a no-brainer what is um, it? What What would you do, President Will? Well, I mean, it's it, for somehow, and like, and the problem is, it's been going on here for so long. How do you reverse it, right? Like, how do you get insurance companies that are profit that are having record profits every year out of the picture? Like, <laughs> same thing with oil. It's the same question. No, it absolutely is, and like, and then and like, and it's all in part in big pharma, and you know, I mean. Big Pharma, what employs 200 lobbyists? Dude, too many. So is it the the cost of the medicine or is it actually the, like, should it cost as much as it does? So so should, like, insurance not even exist because the cost shouldn't be so high? Like, or is that not rational? There's, like, it's just, like, to me, it just needs regulation. 
right? Like if you look at Canada's, like everybody's going to Canada for their prescriptions, right? Because yeah. regulate the prices of it. So these people can't make like, what what is it, the EpiPen? Uh, that, right, that right, 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 right. Up from 20 bucks to fucking 350 or whatever ungod, like overnight. And that's arbitrary, I'm sorry. Like that, like the cost to make it just didn't go up a thousand or 5,000 or 10,000 percent overnight. It's right. arbitrary, right? It's our and it's arbitrary for profit, um, in so many cases. Um, I always felt that with gas prices because when it changed, quote unquote, overnight, you still had like 3,000 gallons in that tank, bro, that you paid last week's prices on, right? You know, I'd always felt like, oh, so for the next however many weeks it takes to empty that tank, you guys are going to scalp us at a higher price on oil that you bought a month ago or whatever. I don't know how often this, I could be talking down my ass. Anyone who works at a gas station and knows that thinks I'm an idiot right now, but you know what I mean? In essence, like where's that, that honesty in the, the trade of any of this stuff, whether it's an aspirin, when you're admitted to the hospital, why does that one cost $300? But the one at Walmart, it's a pack of a hundred for five bucks. Yeah, no, it's true. And some, some seems ridiculous. Think, well, and like, especially gas, like gas is an interesting one. Um, because get like, recently the gas price has been going up a little bit um and i see a lot of people thanks president biden you know what i mean yeah what is all that about not like unfortunately and i did some reading on it because i didn't know a lot about it how gas prices were set and um and sort of the breakdown of what's involved in setting a gas price from a barrel of crude oil to taxes you know um and uh the and like 50 percent of the price of a gallon of gas is based on a barrel of the the global price not the u.s price but the global price of a barrel of oil and the other thing i found out was that the federal gas tax has not been increased since 1993 the federal but the state fluctuate often but what what i was trying to figure out was if our president, whether it be Trump, Biden, or who, whatever person that's not out for me, um, is in, in, in office, um, you know, it, if that if that was if there was any truth in that, and there really wasn't, it really has nothing to do with a president, the gas price, unless that president goes and increases that federal gas tax, and then you might have a case, but. It has very little to do with it. Well, I mean, I don't know either. My understanding was as soon as you shut down something somewhere, the, the speculation then builds over here. Like, I don't know if the pipeline's anything to do with it or if signatures somewhere else influence the price back later. Sure. I think I don't know would have something to do with it, but I think it probably has to um, have to do with gas here. And the pipeline that shut down from Canada is for export. That's not for gas here. Would that change the inventory, which would then change the price? I'm not sure. I don't have the answer to that question. <laughs> I don't know either. Isn't that nuts? Like, but, uh, but I my my lot. my my feeling is n- for us no. Um, mm-hmm. That because it's it's just going from Canada. It's just a way from Canada to get there product to another country that it, for us it hasn't doesn't have that much i could be wrong on that i don't um, know either I don't but know. that's my feeling that like it's that doesn't have a ton of impact um because that oil is set for export anyway 
what a weird commodity though. Like I hear Elon talking that in the next X amount of years, it's not even going to be about that. Hopefully. And obviously we've been talking that since we were kids, but maybe it's true. Maybe we're closer to having a little, like a different mindset, but then you see, then what's the next commodity, whether it's batteries or some sort of charger of the next energy, it's still something. Maybe it's more efficient. I mean, it's always um, something. It's always the next thing, you know, it was the farrier and then it was the car. (laughs) right and uh and then what's the you know like you said what's the next thing batteries yeah probably yeah you know who's gonna it's gonna be the race to you know commodify the quickest charging battery or the you know the most recyclable or a combination of all of those highest range yep yep um so that's you know, it's technology is a very, very interesting, and we live in an interesting time for technology. We seem um, addicted to creating it, though, and addicted to consuming the best version of it. Absolutely, a hundred percent. And you know, and but best is relative too. You know what I mean? Like, I everybody needs their iPhone twelve, and I'm sitting here with my seventy five dollars phone. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Everyone, yeah, to find everyone. And it's, but it still does ninety five percent of what an iPhone twelve does. And uh, it pushes our economy, which we care so much about. And there's all this like drive to innovate so you can sell a product because you'll lose the attention of the consumer if you don't keep innovating. Yes. That could be our demise or it can send us to other planets. Like, I'm not sure where that fine line is. Well, and that's it. Like, you got to top yourself every single time. (laughs) Yeah. Whether 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 you're building a car or you're a comedian, right? Like, yeah. You always have to top yourself. Gotta try to, because no one else is gonna be your biggest critic besides yourself. I feel, right? Ideally, unless you're a narcissist, right? Yep, and and we kind of all have that. It's you know the ego will the survival instinct. Yeah, a little. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Most of us aren't just aren't trying to survive anymore. Um, I had a you know. So I was watching. um, What was it? That Hotel Cecil. Have you heard about this? The show about this hotel that they that the the, the girl disappeared disappeared yep. from. There was this whole internet mystery about this girl. Maybe tell me more. And uh, but that's not the point. But it, it was really good watching on Netflix. It's it's really cool. Um, yeah. If you're into that like sort of you know murder mystery type thing, and it was it was interesting because it had like you know um, like the supernatural context, which it, it didn't seem to be, but. Um, <laughs> it's still fun to think about <laughs> in one of the they they talked about her tumblr um her tumblr posts and one of the posts she said she talked about what people want out of life and i was like you know that's what do you, what do you want to get out of life yeah. and that was a really interesting question to me because i thought about it in a different way because i was like why do we have to get anything out of life why can't we just be some be like and be what it's gonna be why do we always have to strive for something uh, like if, if the odds of us just being here and born it being born human on this planet is the accomplishment then like w- the rest is all semantics right be thankful you're even here to begin with you're right so like why do you have to get something all the time why why the drive yeah. And like, who's that? Because you're already here. So that's amazing. So why not strive to do something great? 
why not? Why not? You know, but but why? Like, it, and so it was an interesting like back and forth. I kind of went with myself for for about an hour, and um, but there's no answer. There's really no answer to that. Uh, like, I can't give you that that answer, but I can't yeah. give it to you either way either. Like, getting down to a normal, natural existence, I think, is ideal for everyone anyway, because. Even at my lowest, it's always to get back to just some sort of normal. I don't often strive to be, have a better car, have a bigger house. I mean, it's never, my big struggles in life are mental clarity, a control of my emotions, awareness of those around me in their moment. You know, these other, I'm not thinking about too much material stuff, which drives this like innovation maybe in there. I'm more trying to innovate my own stupid thoughts because they don't help me. Like my thoughts don't help me very often i'm not married to them because they suck you know so i was raised with a lot of stupid ones and a lot of really uh just you know a lot of it with the religious kind of this is how it is kind of thing and it's tough to come out of that yeah the really rigid narrow outlook right so then you look at the rest of the world and go okay my brain isn't only looking for that it's a pattern of that so then you get, that's why a lot of these Christians go straight to conservative stuff. Cause that's a very, who's going to talk on, you know what I mean? It's very clear and concise. Who's right and wrong. Or who you want to be the enemies. Right. Right. Fuck. Yeah. Well, that's for as much meat as there, there's a lot of bones. So now you're still looking for this. Like, I don't know that you find yourself in a camp. You said not that long ago that you signed yourself an alien in this world. Like a man without a party more, you know, here and there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, I have such a, I have such a hard time picking sides and I feel like everybody's like in a, I feel like an alien because everybody's picking sides and they're so freaking polarized and I just sit here and look at issues like please without without a like without like and yes like my experience in life clouds my judgment right like I have an experience in life and I've lived in different places and I've lived under different systems. So obviously those have influenced my opinions and my thoughts on certain issues or topics. You know what I mean? Right. But like, but like I'm for universal health care and I'm for gun rights. <laughs> There's an you know yeah. like, How is <laughs> yeah. that impossible? <laughs> you know I mean? Right, right. You know, and like, I don't believe in gun bans, and, but I believe in the conversation. I believe in the conversation of trying to figure out why so many kids and people choose any weapon to turn on each other. And nine times out of 10, it's not the availability of the gun because there's a lot of laws about that. Well, and, I, and my biggest thing is like, you can't punish law abiding gun owners because most of these people are criminals. And then like, what about all the illegal guns then? Like, it, like there's no, it's not zero sum. Like, it's not one or the other. Like, it can be both. Um, yeah. And, like, there is a nuanced conversation. Um, I have my own opinions, but that's, like we said, that doesn't mean that they're right. You know what I mean? Like, um, so, like, I don't, I, I, I don't look at, you know, things on, with that lens, I guess. God, I mean, perfect world gun control. If I thought for one second that if you registered every single gun you owned, the entire, all America, imagine, want not one 
physical gun unregistered to a human and they never did another thing past that, I wouldn't care because I don't care if you know how many and what kinds. As soon as you decide at some point, once you've compiled your list, oh, those three out of four are now illegal. I'm coming to your fucking house to take them or giving you a period of time in which you can turn them in. And then at that point, we don't know what's going to happen. That sounds horrifying to me. But if I knew that it never went past me just telling you, I, I can, for the record, everyone, every single gun I own is registered, just so you know. But I believe in that. I believe that that is all you should have, and I will hope that you don't take more. But every gun I have, everyone knows. The government knows exactly what I own and where I live, and that's fine with me. 100%. I'm doing nothing with that, and I know that in my heart and soul, and that's why I subscribe to the good guy that's thing. Called a, that's called a legal gun owner. But I'm terrified <laughs> of the, the legal gun owner getting kind of harassed when they go, knock, knock, that AR you made five years ago or ten years ago, we don't like it now. It's mine. Yeah. Like, Whoa, yeah. now what? And here, I mean, we have the new, we have the SAFE Act here. What is that? Um, Tell me, I have no idea what that is. So basically, it it basically allows um, it it's a it's a ban on what is considered a quote unquote assault weapon, basically. Okay. Now, so basically, what that means is, and just take for instance an AR, okay, two two three AR. Um, if it has a removable magazine, it can't have a muzzle brake. It can't have a pistol grip. It can't like it can't have um, accessories on the rails, I believe. Um, so there's all these sort of um, small little things that you that they've deemed illegal. The AR itself, the gun isn't necessarily illegal, but if you got a muzzle brake on that, now it's illegal. Or you have a, a pistol grip on that, now it's illegal. Have they noticed that these guns are not showing up in crimes as often now? Or any um, statistic on that, safe fact? Because I'd love to well, hear I mean, it working. I don't know. Um, but I, I will say, I don't think we've had a mass shooting here. Yeah. That's good. Um, we like so, that. which is good. Which is good. I, don't, I don't know if that's the result or like, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean correlation at all. Um, but we do like it's hard. It's hard to get a pistol, right? Like you can't just get a pistol purchase permit from the sheriff's office and go and buy a pistol here. You got to go through this rigorous application process that's pretty invasive in your life. I get that. I as and that's what I'm saying. Like that's like step four to what I'm saying. You're yes. letting me have it. You just want to know where it is and what the deal is. So if it ever pops up, we know exactly who to go to. Yeah. That feels like sh it should start to be the end of the road on it. I uh, agree. This is my personal little feeling. And I looked at the paperwork. I was and I was just like I finally decided that I just didn't want that level of invasiveness, um, and I didn't want. So I was just like, it's fine. And like and like for me, it's like I built a New York State legal two two three. Like it has no muzzle brake, it has no pistol grip, because I wanted to be able to remove the magazine legally. So now it's just a black rifle. It's not really what you'd call traditionally. So how is it any different from an, an AR with a pistol grip? Uh, it's got a Thorson stock, so it's more like a rifle grip, like a I regular mean, rifle. Physically, for the purpose of mass it's shootings, not. it's not really. Um, no muzzle brake, um, just a regular barrel, so it doesn't have the screw-on muzzle brake. Do you know anything about it affecting? Okay, I personally don't know. I imagine it has something to do with something, but 
once that pressure is released out the end of the barrel, what is that little screw? Because I have one on mine. What does that little screw on attachment even do? I think it suppresses the flame. Oh, the little the flame, so it doesn't. You don't have a flame coming out of the end of your barrel. I have a my mine has a twenty inch barrel, so like that's that's long enough to suppress oh, that. Oh, gotcha. Okay. But I think it's for that. I think, and like, and I'm not. I am. I own guns, but I'm no. I'm no big expert. Um, yeah. That it's like because you have a sixteen inch barrel that it um, suppresses that flame the flare whatever um, yeah the explosive whatever, whatever the technical term for that is um and there's probably more to it um but i wanted to be able to just, having to top load an ar seems ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> right 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 yeah, beat the purpose of having it um you have to open it up and top load it every time because you're because your mags actually welded in god that's interesting i because I might have to pull a pin and break it in half. Yeah, no, no, no. That you have, you can still have, but your magazine, your magazine release doesn't work. It, oh, like it's crazy. Completely freaking doesn't work. Your mag's fixed, right? But you can have a pistol grip. Mm, yes. If your mag is fixed, then oh, you can fun. have the break. Then you can have the pistol grip. You it, it, Because the wording in the actual safe act is removable magazine. Huh. I bet you there's some, I hope to God anyway, there's some logical thought there probably with, if you're wielding it with the pistol grip, God, I don't know how you could, I don't know. I just, I, said, I, I don't know mine, why that well, matters. I a buddy of mine's range here and they all have um, all the things, no different than you would in Michigan. And, um, and so, like, I think now most of them have fixed all the mags because they're, they're getting nervous. Um, <laughs> right. Because the, the cops showed up to this range at one point, and they didn't actually do anything or check any of the guns, right. but everybody was like, "Ooh, if that was to happen again," and they were trying to be assholes, like so. Then it was like, "Just start top loading," you know what I mean? And like, that's no fun. <laughs> it's, it's just weird the the level they draw between this is enough information and this is now the next level of. Because personally, logically, as a human who's trying not to think of it politically, it means no, it, there's no difference between the pistol grip and the non-pistol grip no i and that's the thing is if like, you're a, and, if you can hold a rifle there's no difference my my feeling has always been like oh because it looks scarier is it looks that, more intimidating but like a tw like i can i can how buy, scientific i yeah exactly i can buy the ruger 1022 in the tactical that looks just like a mini ar right yeah they're cool shit this and i then that's the same thing as any ruger 1022 you know like i'd rather have the 1022 breakdown myself but like yeah um but it's the same shit it's just black like that doesn't make any sort of sense to me that you're gonna like because it's black and more intimidating now you're gonna like it doesn't do more we already don't have automatic weapons in this country or at least most states um yeah it's only a couple that do and it's pretty pretty regulated <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and like yeah. you can't have a grenade launcher affixed to your gun like you like already <laughs> right like, no full auto exists right like without exactly. heavy licensing yeah and like and and while like i am outraged by people that are like 
killing a bunch of people or kids that are walking into the school like god 100 percent. like that like there's what how many illegal guns are in this country millions yeah. i think i heard i want to say i heard the number four million and it might be quite a bit more than that like so like so you're gonna legislate like bans on it just doesn't make any sense to me how many gun owners are there in the u.s do we know i don't know the answer to that question um we need a little lackey I think, like they said, I think i remember seeing a stat not too long ago that said two percent of those gun owners own 50 percent of the guns or some such crazy stat like and that's that. what i was gonna kind of say is if a couple thousand of them ten thousand of them all live in a couple deep 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 red states and have like three or four extras that aren't registered there's your four million it's not even that right. many when you think of it i'm right. sure it's all pretty understood where they are Right. And that doesn't include like, like just straight up criminals. Right. Dude, not those, but that's that the only, that's the 1% that matters. Not this guys that have finished 80 percenters. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You have 80%, you know, ghost stuff. You know what I mean? Like, that's not even the criminals. Right. Like, that's, those are probably more just enthusiasts. You know what I mean? 100%. I swear to God they are. They're just like, yeah, fuck it. I built this thing on registering it. Or I got it at a gun show 10 years ago and I'm not going to go tell. Uncle Sam, I have this. Fuck it. Exactly. 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 And those um, guys are innocent till the day they die. They're not going to ever shoot up a school. No, but exactly. And where's like, the conversation with the guy that walks into the school? Like, how much mass murder, not to get dark here, can be committed just by driving down the road? Like, you don't well, need yeah. guns for this stuff if you're in that place. Yeah, I I agree. Um, you know, like you, if you're gonna fucking murder a bunch of people, you're gonna figure out a way to murder a bunch of people regardless. Yeah. Um, but I also would say that like the ease of which people can do that with 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 with, with those things are is exponentially easier. You know, uh, with a gun than without. Yes. God, right. The impulse control. I mean, but, like, much... in Britain where there's like axe attack on a subway. <laughs> how medieval you know like and, and, and it gets three oh or four people or whatever it was you know like or injures a bunch of people like and like so it's like it, or drive like people are driving vehicles into crowds of people now like why is like in killing a bunch of people oh with a God. vehicle like, it's the same thing for the most part like it's just not quite as easy so what is the when does the conversation finally get zoomed out away from guns and away from cars because we're not actually trying to ban cars or right. axes so when do we get back to like there's people with severe mental health issues that are walking around capable and willing to take other people's lives and you can't ever predict that shit we're not they don't live in the minority report tom cruise doesn't come through the window with a bunch of guys in spandex and go hoo-ha and say we know what's going on no, it's it, it, no, it's absolutely true. And like, it, for me, it's just like, why are we not like, you know, if you want to expand background checks, okay, fine, I guess. But like, beyond that, like, no, right, registration, right. background checks, that's always should have been the deal like 100 years ago. Absolutely. And everybody beyond that, absolutely not. Because we know, like, like, it's not going to change anything. We have to enforce the laws which we have already. Which and are the, tons. Are, yeah, which are tons. You know, and if you want to make possession, you know, you know, you do something illegal with a gun and you want to make those crimes fucking worse and for more time and blah, 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 by all means, do it. Go ahead. Because that's not going to affect me. Right? Like, right. I'm never going to do a crime. 
censorship is censorship and you're even seeing it we are even seeing it with speech in a lot of ways where i will think different things and just not even get into it because of the way it can be spun no it's like you know that's tough dude i hate that is cancel culture real or is that a right-wing conspiracy um there's i i I think like it's i think it's i think it can be both in in some respects like yes it's i think it's real and we're seeing it yeah um do I think it's quite as bad as a lot of people seem to think it is? No, I don't. Um, you know, and I, and unfortunately, like it started with, you know, it seems to have started with Trump. Um, and maybe had he told a few less lies, like we wouldn't right. be here. Um, right. You know, the me, it, the me Too movement really kicked off a lot of unredeemable, the idea of someone being unredeemable. Because, God, look at Bill Cosby. A lot of people can write someone off because they're like, holy shit, and so rightly so. But then you have, you know, people getting fired for tweets or not or this or that or tweets that happen. And, God, you can go back every six months and see one event after the other of some celebrity being on the fire for something they did or didn't say how, how long ago, you know? like Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Like I did, you said this 25 years yeah. ago, and now yeah. we're going to crucify you for Kevin it. Hart, from Kevin Hart to – the what's her face from Mandalorian who just got fired for the whole Jewish thing and the little yeah, the Holocaust tweet like oh yep. my god I think that Kevin Hart was it was a super interesting case because he apologized for it a bunch of times and then they were still trying to get after him to apologize some more and he was like no so we're smart people god damn it what's that what's the actual issue then it's not about the issue issue of calling whatever he said it's about holding people i don't know it's about just it's that narcissistic accountability thing where you need to be accountable but i don't have to be i don't know right. what that's about I'm fine with accountability like me just, too you know like i'm fine with that like aspect of it but the witch hunting is like where it goes too far for me um yeah. like you should be accountable um yeah for your actions and, and even the things you say, especially as an adult, right? A hundred percent. But like everybody wants to point the finger at everybody else except look at themselves in the mirror, it seems like, you know, like. That's dangerous, dude. You know, and it, it is. And you see it because always one side's destroying America. The, the fucking the leftists are destroying America or the right wings are fascists or whatever the case may be. And it's, it's, Oh my God. Where's the nuance? Where's the context? Where's the conversation? Cause like that doesn't leave room for any conversation. Uh, Oh, you leftists are ruining America. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. One A, one B. Do we have any other thoughts here? Con- conversation over. Source, please. <laughs> God, you know? right? And a lot uh, of it seems emotion based, and that's the issue. Like I think it came down to money, dude. This I don't mean to get biblical, but you know, money being the root of all evil. Once you be- create people's brains as a, a product in which you want space time in then you get it on all ways they're getting it. You want to control it however they have it. And you want to just kind of, oh, well, this and all and that and all and this. And the information just doesn't have to come from anywhere anymore. It just needs to get you to click on it for 30 seconds. So a cookie will generate an ad. So someone gets paid off somewhere. And it's all just this like, ugh. Like, 
the, there's no genuine um, intent to give you something genuine. It's the intent just to sell it. So who's the highest bidder? And it ends up being this corporate triangle of people in the end. Right. That are hiring lobbyists to basically pay off people in government to do exactly what they want. So do we need to get to a moment where all this kind of gets like, they're part of me. I'll be honest with you. It comes, I listen, I, I hear it and I hear it and I hear it and I go, maybe it all just should happen. I don't want a civil war, but you know what? Do we need to figure out what's up once in a while? It might take a couple hundred years and we're about due. Well, it sucks. It, it, I, I can't disagree with that in any way, shape or form, because in, as much as I wouldn't like to see it happen, Right. Ever. Like, yeah. For the record, ever. Make a great point. Um, and if you really look at the history of our country, you know, and uh, it's it's bathed in blood. How did the Boston Tea Party make it in history? Why do we even remember that when we had so many other things that should have meant more? And they meant nothing <laughs> like what the fuck? Like there is no I don't know what it takes to spark social change. Yeah, and it, I think it's harder than ever. You don't um, vote them out anymore. Even more complacent than ever and comfortable with their, you know, we talked about the devices and being freaking rope to your device. And like, it's, it, it, there is some complacency there. Um, and it, and it's, it's everybody's susceptible. 100%. Everybody. Yeah, I mean, I admit it often that everything I know is based on something else I've heard. And I don't trust anyone I hear. How can I know unless I was there and watched the event take place and go well that's even my opinion of what i saw next like i can't even be the final authority once i see it right and that's why like i like like i like i say like it's like nuance and context is so important like it's so important to base your thoughts and opinions on things that you can like read about and like evidence you what's the word um the evidence you can verify um like instead of just going oh i believe that because it lines up with exactly what i want what i think the how the world works and how the world is or how our country is or whatnot rather than basing that on when well that's what i call hedging my bets yeah (laughs) on something that you can actually derive something from some sort of real evidence it's so human though to be surviving of your own thoughts like you want to hear something that makes something you think makes sense it validates your 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 effort to learn you're struggling oh i'm on the right track this starts to validate what i'm thinking oh this group of people validates what i'm thinking oh this this whole thing and it's so easy for people who are looking for something to not want to be the bad people so i'm going to be the people who are you know, on the news telling me what to think. And it's so easy to fall into a camp and not even know you did it just because you're looking for information. Yeah, no, no question. No question. I mean, it, it it's one of those things where it's the getting back to the side picking. You know, like you're just picking a side based on stuff that may or may not be true. And like, that's why I have such a hard time picking sides because I realized that most of the time that truth is in the middle 40 percent not on the extremes it's not on that outside 20 percent of either side of the spectrum somewhere down that middle of you know um you know 20 to 40 percent in the middle most of the time not that nothing falls on the extremes it does 
but it's just so much rarer you know like yeah and to argue these polarized viewpoints such a waste of energy the waste it's such a waste of time because those are the most flawed viewpoints from my perspective anyways yeah um you know and just like having that ability to have context and nuance and like and i've said this to people a lot lately is you know an establishment republican and establishment democrat there's not much there's not that much difference when they go to legislate on things it's the difference between three and five not zero and eleven that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so true, yeah. <laughs> so true. Um, god that and, is uh, yeah. act like it's the difference between zero and eleven and it's not they're all under the same rich people thumbs when does that end because that's obviously not what we all signed up for uh it isn't um i think that you know uh we got to, to be fair i think that nothing changes in that respect unless we get rid of citizens united what, is um, what basically has put money into politics in our country in, in, in so many ways um Interesting. so um that that kind of has to go in order to possibly and maybe they'll find some other loophole probably it doesn't really matter maybe um but maybe to get some of people that are actually there for the right reasons to be there rather than the people that are there for money and power god or have it be organic you know, yep. run for run for office and have that be mean something in the group you're in. And well, and, and that's why, like, I just realized presidential elections aren't really um, that important. Like, I love voting locally and then you know try to research the candidates locally because that's where it makes a difference, right? Like in your town or in your city or you know, um, right? And and like, and it's important here in Rochester because we've got all sorts of corrupt shit going on. Um, from the mayor on down to the fucking police um with, like specifically with the pandemic or just in general in general in general in general um it's pretty bad um i mean the the um the daniel prude case was 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 here and they they shot him and they covered it up <laughs> and uh and then when when the press found out months later everybody started to throw from the mayor to the police chief started throwing each other under the bus jesus um and uh, and then like that comes back to our accountability thing right (laughs) you know where no one really wants to be accountable of course i wouldn't want to be accountable for that cover-up either but uh, i wouldn't put myself in that situation in the first place um but yeah there's just a lot of that going on here um everywhere i think the more you dig you i'm sure everywhere everywhere you are there's some version of of bullshit and i just want to like have this desire to zoom out from it and go what the fuck is the source of this like what is this seemingly sinister desire is it just human is there some fourth dimensional demons that are controlling everybody and the bible has something right with like these forces of like i get deep in this in my thought trying to figure out what the hell is this bigger thing is it just human beings and power a bunch of chimps on a planet or is there more than two than that I, I i don't know uh, obviously okay, none yeah. of us really have that answer and i th- but i think it's a lot of money and power honestly um yeah. because we we've, we've made this hierarchy as a society and deem some things much more important than others and some people much more important than others and so you want to be 
to strive for that sort of top of that rung, you know, the top of that ladder, top rung of that ladder. Because if you don't end up somewhere in that top half of that ladder, you're going to be deemed as not as good as somebody else. I think it starts with personal accountability because you can't hold everyone else accountable for their actions, but you can literally treat your wife differently every day. You can treat your kids differently every day. You can treat your neighbors and your people you interact with and your customers and your, your friends and family and these people all a little differently, or at least process your own reality differently. Because I tell you what, so when someone else bounces off you, who's a lunatic, you can at least control your own self. Cause in the end, you're never going to get rid of all the lunatics. I don't think. No, no, no. And you're going to run into terribly negative, critical people. Um, not only just lunatic, you're not going to run into that many absolute lunatics in your life. Some, yeah. But yeah. mostly it's going to be terribly negative, um, critical um, people that are trying to make themselves feel better at your expense. Yeah. Hurt people. Yeah. Yeah. People that, you know, and, uh, and like you can control that. Right. And like, that's one of the things I try to do and I'm not perfect is just be live in the moment. Right. Like realize when I'm being a prick to my wife or a prick to one of my friends, like I said, it. like there's a friend of mine that, um, that we go, he's a great friend of mine, but we go back and forth constantly. Um, um, and like, and I like, he, he tells me things and I'm like, I'm going to look that up right now. Cause I know you're full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and like, and like, I've literally, like, I've literally, and I'm not proud of it, but I've literally screamed at this guy before. Yeah. Like <laughs> you're exhausting. Like, 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 dude, you need to work on yourself. What the fuck? You know? And like, yeah. and I'm not proud of that. Like, that's not, that's not being, to me, that's not countable. Like, I'm not a, like I could, I could phrase that in a much nicer, more constructive way than like just screaming at the dude. You know? Sure, I'm, totally. I love the guy. Love the guy. He's a great friend, but he right. he pushes my buttons sometimes. You know, and but that accountability, like I need to like live a little bit sometimes more in the moment and realize like how i'm treating people like same with my, same with my wife up there like i don't treat her perfectly i try to and i'm pretty yeah. good to her i think but like I'm not perfect and like i think that like is, is like, the point is like just trying to be better 100 percent. like literally when you just said with your wife i could resonate with that so hard because like from separating with my wife many years ago for a period of time to having daily working with each other to these things that you come through and realize like this. So the accountability part, what I'm trying to say is when someone says, Hey, you're being a prick. Do you care when you hear it? Or do you go, fuck, this is someone I care about saying I was an asshole that yeah. almost hurts me now. Cause I, I, you know, not like to be self-deprecating, but like, it's nice to not think of yourself as someone who's got it all together constantly. Cause there's no room for change then. There's just right. room for judgment and room for garbage, garbage, garbage. You know, you're not doing it the way I think you should. Ah, go shut fucking self fuck yourself. Like, that's toxic. No, no, you're never it, gonna it, get it, anywhere. It is. It is. Um, you know, it totally is. And it, it's always two sides. There's always two sides. Yeah. Not one. Nothing. Very rarely is one sided. You know. 
unless somebody comes into your house with an axe, you know? Like, <laughs> and then it's like, hey, you bad guy. <laughs> us, your wife or a friend or a family member, like it's, there's always two sides to it. And like, even if like that other side is only 10%, it's still worth a look. To be. You know, absolutely. Or like what, what, like what kind of relationships are we forging with people? Very superficial ones. And then, and then I, and then you got to ask, what kind of relationship are you forging with yourself? Yeah. Like, if you're, are you just snowing yourself to make sure to think you're fucking right all the time and play everything you do is <laughs> ever? Like, <laughs> it's not like we're um, Like, it just isn't that way. What's your experience with psychedelics? Do you have it? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. What, when did it start? And what's what can you tell me about it? I uh I've done uh, LSD, mushrooms, MDMA. Um beyond that, not much. Um I have had the chance to and still do have the chance to try DMT. Um yeah. but uh but that the stories I hear about that scare the shit out of me, honestly. Um, to be perfectly honest, and it only lasts about 10 minutes, right, but I, right. I started doing acid when I was about 15 years old. So what is the experience then as a kid? Because I know as an adult, I've had mushrooms for a couple different times, several different times rather. And it was a lot that I remember. So what I took away from it was this ego dissolving thing of, of this, how much of an adult perspective went away and how much of my ego i built up as my person that i held up and said this is who nick is look at him here he is and when all that was gone it was like huh as a 15 year old kid without all that baggage what is it like to experience some of these things not um you know yeah, I think like when I was 15 it was just novel right like it wasn't and i've yeah. never been a lose myself in psychedelics like i always knew what reality was i like i never like some people like they're just out there, man. Like, and I was never that person. For sure. Um, I always, I always had this thread back to reality and knew what was going on. Like, I mean, yeah. the first time I, the first time I tripped, I had, I had dinner with my mom and my brother. Sure. At the I mean, yeah. Absolutely. And then, and then everybody went home, and I sat there and watched TV with my mom for three hours. Yeah. And that, that was being fifteen and tripping on us. Um. The, that for makes the sense, first though. Time. Yeah. Um. You know, and like. And just going, fuck, just go to bed. Just go to bed. <laughs> In my mind, just going, oh, God, I hope she goes to bed soon because this is tough to keep. This facade is so tough to keep up. But you're right. Like, I think that, like, as an adult, I never did any LSD because I, like, it's a kid. To me, it was a kid drug. I, like, mushrooms, yeah, I've done a ton as an adult. Um, probably a dozen times or so in the last okay. 25 years or so yeah, um yeah. you know and i love mushrooms i would do them once a year needed or not um <laughs> needed or not <laughs> needed or not because it's fun like if you like that's why they're starting to prescribe that crap for depression because yeah if, man if, you, if you've laughed harder than when you were on mushrooms i would love to see it <laughs> yeah or just <laughs> right dude your face hurts from laughing so hard and that's what's so great about it is everyone has a different experience, but they all get back to the same like healing of the world around them somehow. Like, I don't know, man, I had a lot of introspective realization yeah. of how much I hated myself for reasons that I created. I feel like there's a lot of insecurity on LSD or mushrooms where 
you're laughing and laughing and laughing and it's the greatest thing ever and then something happens you realize yeah smallest thing just like a change of venue like you like i would do i would uh, i would do mushrooms at my cottage a lot so like going from the porch to the beach was like this change of venue and it changed the whole perspective and it was darker and like so all of those things and like all of a sudden like you go from laughing to this super introspective, I mean, quote unquote, journey, you know? Right. I think that's invaluable, though, dude. Because you're in the dark or whatever, sitting on a beach, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, like, it was always, I always had that sense of insecurity as well as, like, the sense of, ah, this is hilarious. And, like, you know, in the social aspect of it, um, there's always that introspective aspect about it. Yeah, I think our sober brains beat ourselves up a lot when they doesn't have to. Yeah, and oh, it, definitely. That's and all I hate we... that. I hate it's all we do. And when you sit there in that like that introspective journey, is you can sit there and make yourself go into tears just because, oh my God, this is actually a thing. Not like I don't know what I. The best takeaway I can say is I remember feeling under the influence of it and saying to myself, when I go back to being sober that's going to be more of an intoxicated state of who I really am than how I feel right now. Yes. Yes. That's, that's I mean, so scary and fucked up at the same time. You're like, I'm leaving. Yeah. Bye, Nick. I'll go. I'll go. Got to put this like skeleton on and go be this guy. Like, why is that even a thing? On psychedelics, you outwardly, you're not yourself, but inwardly, you're probably more yourself than you've ever been. Yeah. And more because it forces you to be honest, like inside your in, in your thoughts, those those thoughts, like the, you can't fool yourself. Like you're kind of forced to be honest um, with yourself instead of having this front or facade or the, you know, just the facade that society deems that you should have in a day in your daily life. And then you you throw down a bunch of mushrooms and it just all goes away. <laughs> right. Like, like what theology do you subscribe to? So what guilt have you given yourself and what? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Dude, well, it's real. Just those fears that plague everybody to some extent every single day. And like some of that can melt away. And like there's still that insecurity. But like some of those fears about society, like it's just not a thing anymore, you know? And yeah. it's just more of a sense of self and, you know, a sort of a insecurity of self and, you know, an inward sort of look at times. Like I've never been very outward on those types of um chemicals so where do you subscribe to with following that in mind like do you think that place that you go to is purely inside the human brain and it's kind of a thing or do you feel like you physically are coming into some sort of wavelength that's always out there like is it internal or is it for me it's it's internal um i never thought i was going to some other plane but i that might be dmt for you that is now we're talking um and that's why it scares the shit out of me um salvia what do you know about that because that's a naturally occurring substance right in your body which one dmt yeah um and you know it's you know some people some some say that that's the the, it gets excreted when you die in 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 quantity with heavy rem cycles you can have it too yep um sure and you know so you know, there's definitely that 
possibility, I think. And I know one of my buddies says, I think he said he he had done it over three hundred times, and he said it's definitely you are definitely going somewhere else. There's no question about it. It's you're not still in your brain. You are definitely hitting somewhere else that he we don't normally have the ability to to go. So what you're saying is I need to come to New York or what? Yeah. Nah, I didn't hear it here. Yeah. Um, but uh, but it like it that the stories are scary. Like it's not always good. Like Have you ever had bad. any drug that took you somewhere else when you were, could not feel fingers? You didn't know who Will was. No. You were just witnessed it. No, ever. no, never, ever. never. Like I said, like I've always had that thread to reality. But I yeah. also started the whole journey very very young. Right, like God, I, was, I think that's I, important. I think that's normal in other cultures. It starts at young adulthood. Smoking weed daily at 14, 15 years old. Um, and then like with the hallucinogens, um, you know, quite quickly after. Um, and uh, so, and like I turned out okay. <laughs> you know, like, most <laughs> of my friends did too. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and like when we got into stuff young, man, like young, young. Um, and uh but like it is what it is like i can't do anything about it um and it it shaped me and that's like it's good like experiences right like yeah. all the experiences good or bad right like are are awesome like you have to just take the good with the bad and for me like i always had that thread to reality i never was like off in fucking la la land because <laughs> you like, think you have a smart you have a good constitution in your brain your brain is not that weak man just like the amount that i was taking was um you know not heroic (laughs) you didn't make heroic journey doses too much exactly exactly hero doses of fucking mushrooms (laughs) dude one time one time i took six grams or actually it was 12 and i crushed them in a coffee grinder and i split them between with me and a buddy and we spooned them out and we ate it. It was so disgusting. But I tell you what, dude, we sat there in that truck and we tripped for a long time. And it was some of the most interesting. Like once you what you said though, none of us left that truck. We were there in that truck the whole time and talked, but it wasn't draw, it wasn't beer, it wasn't weed, it wasn't any of that. We were both experiencing the same like wave of thought as it happened together for four yep. and a half hours. Yep. Or five hours sitting in the truck. And I, whatever, it ended when it ended, when we finally decided to stand up. And I was like, oh my God, I guess it's whatever. But it was one of those, that was the most I ever took. And I still never left. One time I had salvia that, oh my God, that was the only time where I was not in control. Tell me about that. Because I've heard some pretty bad stories about that. So I'm going to try to describe the imagery, but of course it's my own human brain, but you can never describe it. Here's the experiences. I Googled it a lot. I tried to figure out what the deal was, what was smart, what the dose, the times is whatever. And I had this little one and they said, it's going to be one or two hits maximum. So I took the first one, got rid of it, took the second one and held it. And like, as I exhaled it, I kind of felt like I was slingshotted into the universe and where I went simply was like I became the blade of a windmill and my body was like constricted like it was being wrapped in ropes and I slowly spun around this windmill <laughs> and I was like 
in a spin, but what I was witnessing out in front of me was like this 1960s nuclear bomb site test zone where all these like plastic people were standing there like waiting for the bomb to drop. And there was like a cow that was like there with me in the windmill. I don't know how to describe that, but the cow was there with me in the windmill. And it was like, I don't remember what he was saying exactly, but he was there. There was some kind of communication that this cow was like, something's about to happen. Something's about to happen. Like what is about to happen? Like, I don't even know. And then it was, whoa, I'm back in the living room and ha ha ha, that's weird. And you start sweating like crazy and, and it's over for like three minutes later. And you should have someone watching you just to make sure you don't like go stand up and go somewhere. You should sit yeah, on the couch what, and not move. Yeah, that's what I kind of feel felt like about DMT is like, so you got to fucking have somebody that's not doing that, like to there to just make sure everything goes well. <laughs> yeah, some shamanistic thought, like someone who's done it before knows what the deal is. But I guess they're saying what I've heard and what people have told me is that on DMT, you just fall the fuck out. Like, you, you're not going nowhere. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You ain't going nowhere. Um, the shortness of it and the intensity of it seems like there should be a correlation somehow. You I know? would agree. Like would the agree. Sh- there is a relationship there. There's something to it, for sure. There's something to it. Because I think um, you can make mushroom teas that would make you trip balls and never and leave Earth somehow. So I, w- I was in, where was it? University of Western Ontario. And I was, okay. what, 20 at the time. And we made like an ounce pot of shroom tea for four, <laughs> for four of us. Nice. And and then we went out to Halloween parties. Oh my God, what the hell is that about? One of the guys. What the fuck? One of the four guys. I only knew three of the four guys. I, it was like a friend of a buddy. The other guy was like a friend of a buddy. And he literally disappeared within an hour. Just disappeared. Gone. Just gone. No one knew. The whole night we were like, I wonder what happened to him. <laughs> like, what the gone. fuck like just houdini like and no one no one knew and like finally i called my like because we had i was still living in toronto at the time and I, like i called him the next week i was like what happened to the dude <laughs> <laughs> what happened to him and, like, and went home <laughs> oh my god <laughs> which happens you know um but you were able to have a nice halloween night not or halloween party and it wasn't too weird with a quarter oh, no. worth of mushroom tea in you? No, no, it was super weird. It was super <laughs> weird. Dude. Don't tell me uh, about it. Uh, <laughs> it hilarious. Um, so we go to these Halloween parties, and this yeah. one Halloween party at some frat in West, uh, the University of Western Ontario. And uh, naturally, I have a total reference uh, to what that we're is. At this Halloween party, and all of a sudden, like, I'm in this house, and I can feel myself like getting flushed and hot. and for whatever reason, and maybe somebody else that knows more about this can can retouch on this at some point. But once in a while in mushrooms, I will just pass out. I will really? just get really hot, overheat, and pass right out cold. Just out cold from like within, I don't know, go from fine to passed out cold in two minutes. No shit. I've never and heard of that. If you don't get outside, if I don't get outside into some cold, fresh air, I'm going down for sure. It's happened twice. Mm. Um, and the other story is even funnier, but uh, yeah, I, I ended up passing out on a 
bunch of people in a hallway at this party <laughs> and they kicked me out of the party <laughs> while you're like still <laughs> out came too with fucking arms under my <laughs> like, <laughs> arms under my fucking under my arms dragging me out of the house <laughs> oh my god your, your friend was right to go home it sounds like <laughs> yeah no i was fine after that um in mm. fact we witnessed a double murder after that that night what's um, the double murder well, we were we went to a club after that. They were like, okay, we'll just go to this club. It was called The Ramp in London. I think that's what it was called. This was a long time ago. But we, we jumped in a cab. We went down there. And uh, the cab dropped us off kind of around the corner. As we walked around the corner, there was gunfire. And that's it's like really uncommon for Canada. Right. And two people laid out right in the road. And within, I mean, one minute, there was 40 cop cars there. It was wow. insane. And like we were tripping pretty hard still, um, and uh, so that was that was a that was a moment. And thankfully, I don't remember it that well. God, yeah, dude, except that's for that, uh, except for that it happened. <laughs> you experience things differently on that stuff. Yeah, no, exactly. And like, and like we, I mean, we hung, we stood around for a bit. And it wasn't a great scene, that's for sure. But uh, again, like good experiences and bad experiences. I remember <laughs> as a little kid, we I lived in um, Dania Beach, Florida, which is kind of a little suburb outside of Fort Lauderdale, kind of. But it sits there and it has Federal Highway goes right past this hotel motel that we used to have. And we rented out to, you know, drug dealers and prostitutes and stuff as the daily rent people. And one night, dude, I swear to God, this guy named Ruben, who was like a nighttime security guard for Dania Highlight downtown. And he would, he wasn't answering the door. His family kind of called us like, hey, have you seen whatever? And we went down there, dude. And I'm, here's, I'm a little kid. My dad puts the key in the door and opens it up. And there's this guy dead on, he had lines of Coke on the table. He hit the table and passed out. He had his dick in his hand and his pants down to his ankles. And he was dead as a dead person could be. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, that's not what people are supposed to look like. And that was kind of a weird thing, you know, like, this was a common thing that happened probably all the time down there, but I just happened to see it. But experiences. Yeah, no, experiences. And, uh, you know, and those type of experiences, not everybody has them. You know, like, it's just not. And people have way worse ones. People have runs of domestic violence, you know, like bad um, no, just weird imagery as a kid is one thing you know like i know a few people that just lived hard lives coming up oh, yeah. um especially some women um that just tough man um tough lives in a male-dominated world um right. and it was the stories are horrific absolutely horrific um so but yeah we always take the good with the bad and try to try to soldier on and you yeah, know don't make be part that. of the problem yes 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 you know and that's uh that's that's the kind of the don't be part of the problem be part of don't the be moral of the story well that that's a good place to end it i think don't be part of the problem <laughs> yeah that, no it, it is it is like that's that, like for me it's just like you know it, it, whatever you feel about covid like i've been sitting at home for a year like because yeah. I don't want to be part of the problem, regardless of what the truth is. I'm not going to find out 
that have killed a bunch of people because I fucking because I'm a moron. <laughs> right, because you're healthy enough not to show a symptom, but you're contagious enough to. And that's the thing, right? right? Just briefly, okay, you can have the conversation about it being contagious, but you can't have the conversation about the mask working or not. Like, we got to have the conversation about how people get it. So why can't we have the mask conversation too? Is it working or isn't it? If it's not, then let's do something else or or something. But it immediately turns into mask work or use four. Sometimes, you know what I mean? Five's better. Kind of a great, is something I kind of know about too. Um, is I was making masks. Uh, obviously, I sew and have my own shop. So in the, as the PPE shortage happened back in the spring, in sure. March or April, I started to make masks. And I made uh, a couple hundred, um, hundred or two, something like that, and gave them out um, just to people just because no one had any. I, how on the other hand, I had ordered N95s in January because I was paying attention. And my wife's very, very savvy on the medical stuff. And we both kind of went, this is coming and we're going to be a bit more prepared. So I've been wearing N95s the whole time and you can call me an asshole, but I, I didn't take any N95s away from medical personnel. Um, no, and those are probably the only ones that actually work. Um, I, I, I agree to a point. It's the only ones that are foolproof, I would say. Um, working and working 100%, I think, are two different things. Um, sure you know slowing they were never supposed to and then 95 will errat if everybody wore those we'd be in good shape but regular masks they only slow it they don't it's not a foolproof it doesn't mean you won't get sick it's just it's just a hedge you know yeah. well, um, it's obviously stopping a lot of other stuff because i feel like everything on a whole is down yeah. contagiously no, no, no it's absolutely the truth that's yeah. absolutely true um you know but like i like you know, uh, that's all I've been wearing the whole time. And now that, you know, in the recent days, they've been saying, oh, N95s, N95s, or where to, or whatever, where for, or whatever it is. Um, and I was just like, where you guys been at? I've known, I've known this. Sure. <laughs> right. And like, I guess too, like the, the kind of the people that are go, well, they told us that masks didn't work in March. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I get that they told us that, but that was so we didn't hoard them. It didn't work. And it was a shitty play because it wasn't true like masks yeah. do transparency more. is more important sometimes absolutely um and like but like i knew from the get-go like that n95s were gonna work and other things were gonna sort of work you know? right um so you know it, it is I, I i i mean i'm sick of staying home dude i'm not gonna lie to you <laughs> If we can come out the other side of it, like the 9-11 thing, and lock the goddamn cockpit door, then cool. Like, I'm tired of the shaming of people going to work half dead with a high fever, and that, you know, that boss going, hey, bitch, so faster. Like, been there. Yeah. We you know, both- like, that culture's got to die. And I hopefully stuff like that comes out of this. I would agree. And it's, you know, and I, it's funny. I was reading an article just today, and it was talking about um you know the culture of business and profit and how all of that comes at the expense of employees every Um, time you know and like there's but there's companies and people that own small businesses out there that have didn't get rich they did fine but they didn't get they weren't millionaires but they ran a successful business for years but they the bottom line was never the profit right right um 
you know, the company we work for, I'm not going to mention it, but the company where I met you, like that dude was about the profit. That dude was about having supercars and boats and like go fast boats and, you know, like, (laughs) you know, and being able to fucking buy cars for like, but it was all at the expense of all of us making $10 an hour. Right. When, you know, and like, and I guess like if, if you're down with capitalism, like that's just fine. Um, in some respects but mindful like, capitalism i'm i'm down with mindful capitalism i like the yeah. idea of businesses organically like the small one briefly with my wife and i my wife main, mainly and i've obviously been able to help but her concept was she made bread to order and then she was making more bread to order and more bread to order and eventually said i need a space to make this bread and then the orders became so crazy that it was let's open up the space that I've created to make in for people to come in and just buy six days a week because there's enough of these customers out there. And then the employee stature, like I would imagine like anything, is just an organic thing. If you can't afford to hire an employee, you don't hire an employee. You don't hire an employee and, hi- and find one that thinks $2 an hour is fair and then beat the shit out of them for three weeks and find another one. Like that would be a little shitty, but I mean, like the idea of mindful capitalism where corporations go, Hey, we're going to take on a couple less customers, a couple less employees, but pay the ones we have better or give them all equal health benefits or whatever that thing is. And there's some, like the the word capitalism is so demonized and I get why, but there's a moment in that structure where if you just keep following it and not going, ah, fuck it, make the shoes in China, you know, like, and keep scaping out at the bottom then you can actually build something kind of kind of wonderful. But in the right. end, a lot of people do. They see that dollar amount and go, oh, fuck all that nice, fuck all that. We're just going to find a way to blank, blank, blank. And before you know it, you know where you started. You know, and then you have companies that are making record profits and their employees are on food stamps. Or jumping out of buildings. Yeah, exactly. And like, and that, like there's a problem with that. Yes, um, that's, that's horrific. No question. You know, and, you know, and like, and then guys like Bezos, they're, you know, trillionaires. And yet, <laughs> like, their employees are like, like, like uh, you know, their employees are busting their ass for 12 hour shifts in the middle of the night. They just went to like, what what was it? Like, what was, what did they call that? Mega something, mega shift or something. And like, a bunch of employees now have to work like 11 in the morning or 11 at night till two in the afternoon or so like till midnight till noon the next day it's the worst shift ever but like it's now 40 percent of their employees or some bullshit like because they're ah. trying to get the one day shipping right because they're trying to get to one day shipping so all, everybody has to work not during the day so they're doing these horrendous freaking 12 hour shifts ah. And it's just like, wow, dude. And that this guy, yet this guy's fucking making billions upon billions of dollars on the back of this. And like, and they don't have health care. <laughs> and as soon as you, as soon as those people get paid with their worth, they go, never mind. We have a computer to do it. Yeah. They're, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like, take and a while to hear. It's kind of shitty. Like the whole automation thing is another big rabbit hole, you know? Um, For the better or worse, you think? It could be either. Like it's, it's hard to say. Like because of our system, it might it might be worse at first. But like you look at a, like some other countries and they're trying to do these guaranteed income scenarios and tests where you yeah. get like 
a guaranteed income and then you can like go make money on top of that whatever you can make which like might, happen, might give us a better lifestyle you don't know right like it's possible but i think that like in this in this country especially that it's been sort of you pull yourself up by your bootstraps and you work hard and you be successful right like oh okay and, you know <laughs> and, like, and like and it's as easy as that for everybody never you know, like, and it's and it's not, but I feel like sometimes that's the attitude um, that gets yeah. kind of portrayed. Like just work hard. You All know? systems fall at some point, and that system worked for a couple generations, and that's not uh, the gig, that's that, not the gig anymore. There's the nuance, right? Like there's yeah. the nuance, right? Like sure. I, like I completely agree with that. It's like that worked for a while, but like now that's that's not a thing now. Um, no. You know, and the like the American dream is changing, right? Like that was the American dream for a long, long time. Like pull yourself up by workshops, work hard, and you will be successful and be able to support your family and get a nest egg and blah blah blah. Um, and yeah, you're right. That worked for a couple of generations, and that was that's awesome for that for those generations right. that had that single fam single income earner house white picket fence two car you know what I, like it worked yep. for a minute and but those days are gone <laughs> in, my, in my estimation anyways and like you said that's some not even people's some people's dream anymore not even a little bit right right um you know i think everybody would like to make a living wage <laughs> you know, at this yeah. point. what the hell um, is a living wage it's like... tough to say um it depends on where you are and what you're doing and you know um you know it's uh it's not that bad here in rochester i mean like it's a pretty cheap place to live but and so that living wage is a bit different here in rochester than it is in say la or san francisco or just five hours down the road in new york city wow. you know where a studio is twelve hundred dollars or fifteen hundred dollars a month just to live in a See, studio that's traverse city dude like it's eighteen hundred yeah. 2000 yeah, yeah. for one bedrooms you can commute into traverse city and you can find some, oh yeah without having six hours but, of traffic in front of you yeah, I, got a, I got a buddy and he's he's been looking for a house to buy in traverse city and i'm like you're not going to find one for your price range it's not happening like this especially you, now you, no exactly and you know i'm like just go out and live in Kalkaska. it's even nicer up there <laughs> right <laughs> or towards like, great place like uh, out somewhere in benzy you know what i mean like yeah. Just go live out, buy a house out there and get a nice piece of land. Don't buy a house with a sliver in Traverse City for the outside end of your budget just because you're so convinced that you've got to be right in town, Traverse City. It doesn't make a ton of sense to me. No, we're out in Lake Ann. I don't know if you how often you ever were out there, but we're I've right, been out there quite a bit. Yeah, we're right in that top corner of Benzie County where we're literally we pull yep. out of Lake Ann, climb the hill, and it's Grand Traverse County. Yep. And you go north a little ways and it's Leelanau. Right over 72. I can't wait to come up there the next time and come into that bakery. That it just looks unbelievable. <laughs> the pictures I see, I'm just like, oh my God. That <laughs> looks unbelievably good. <laughs> like I haven't come in and spend a paycheck. <laughs> right. But yeah, that you're you guys are on my list the next time I'm up there, which I hope is sooner than later. But uh, we'll see. Yeah, um, we'll definitely put it on your radar. Love to see you. Yeah, no, I you know it's uh it's every time I see it, I'm like I can't wait to go there. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool, dude. I will, say this, I will say this that I thought, and you you said something about this earlier, but yeah. you said that you had separated for a while, and uh, hmm. and I was like I 
he kind of got that picture a few, three, four, five years ago now. Like, just kind of, when was it? It was a while ago. God, I wish I remembered better. My brain has saved me a lot and blocked it out. Like it had happened at some point, and I was like, ooh, oh, yeah. that's not good. So when we started kind of connecting on a regular basis and like I, I could tell like it was everything was good because you obviously you were talking about your wife and blah 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 sure. i was like okay good that's good and like see, things seemed good i was like okay awesome <laughs> <laughs> right no life's life's a trippy bitch and people's i mean just so it's out in the open i mean you sometimes gotta alter your behavior for the people you care about when it actually matters. Absolutely, dude. And I'm not ashamed of it. And that's ultimately what it comes down to. And, and like that's called growth, man. That's called growing. Yep. And a lot of people miss out on a lot of that. And uh and it but it also takes like a humble person too. Like you gotta be you gotta you can't be a narcissist. Narcissists aren't gonna learn. You know what I mean? Like you gotta be, you gotta have that humble part of it. I watched my parents shred each other to death for twenty years of marriage, and I definitely don't want to be part of that story. Sure, sure, yeah, no question, no question. And like, and it's just like you're supposed to care and love the person, and even if like your marriage doesn't work out, like you were still like companions for so long. Like marriages don't work out every day, but that doesn't mean like my ex. I have an ex-wife. And like we still talk here and there. <laughs> nice. And, and, like we've been divorced since 07. Yeah, because I went to New Zealand in 08. So we and we we separated and we were got divorced while I was in New Zealand. What brought you uh, to New Zealand? I guess just change of life or skiing and the fact that I just needed to get out of Dodge for a while and I can assess my life. <laughs> gotcha. But yeah, I went over and worked for a ski resort over there and. um built terrain parks and um it was one of the greatest experiences of my life as well um, like what a place man um and if like in some respects i should never should have left because uh, i could have i could still be there easily um interesting i had a job lined up for the summer just to keep going and over there if you keep working and you're in demand jobs they will give you the citizenship really most a ton of kiwis they end up over in australia because the work pays more what's a so kiwi the, uh a, 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 someone from new zealand okay. that's the slang term for somebody from new zealand gotcha um but uh you know like so a lot of them end up in australia and yeah because there's only what i don't know now but in 08 there was only three and a half or four million people on both islands in new zealand so you think about that as a number like New York, Chicago has 7 million people or something like that. Right. Um, so they, there's a lot of in-demand jobs that they, they will give you a visa to go and do if you can, if you have the skills to do one of these jobs. So literally, they gave me a visa in 20 minutes there. <laughs> and, uh, and what a place, man. What a place. All that stuff you see in Lord of the Rings. It's all real. <laughs> it's all real. I was going to say that's seasonal because whenever you think of that, I always envision it without snow on it. So where's the snow there? Like seasonally, you're up in the mountains. Yeah, there's, there, it's, it's in the mountains. It doesn't actually, where I lived was what, 30 minutes from the ski resort. Okay. And, uh, and it, I think snowed twice all winter, like a couple of inches and it was gone in a day. But up in the mountains, like you get, you'll get three feet in a night. Like, God, like, like, my heart needs to live near something like that. Like, I don't want the three feet in my yard, but I certainly want to know what's out there. Well, the, the cool part is you get up on top of those mountains, you can see the ocean. Rad. How many places can you get up on top of mountains and see an, see an ocean? Got to be on the <laughs> coast. 
on the coast somewhere. Yeah. Like like BC, maybe BC, not in Nebraska. Um, You know, no. Um, So there's not that many places and what a place, man. What a natural wild, wild West out there, man. Um, Hmm. And I would go back and I would go back to live there. Honestly. Um, That might be where you end up, man. I doubt it. Um, I got, <laughs> I got, I got family and, you know, all sorts of friends and whatnot, but you know, sure. never say never. Right. Um, right. you know, so yeah, man. Um, so yeah, that's about where I'm at. Um, I guess I've, you know, the other thing uh, I will say to you is like when, when we were having the co- all the conversations that we had at, at our place of work at the sure. day, you were very, um, I was very more to the board towards the atheist viewpoint, if you will. And you were more toward the creationist viewpoint. I Um, was, I knew the most about that viewpoint. Let's say that. (laughs) um, Like, and I think that both of us have come, the have come towards each other. Yes. A lot. I I, I, I recognize that in the way you speak in these podcasts and like, and it's pretty awesome. Like, and I've come back the other way a little bit myself, um, just getting older and experiences and, and whatnot. Um, well, you're not so, that old. Yeah, I'm not that old, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm well into my 50s now. Doesn't kidding. seem like it. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm, I'm still a few years from 50 yet. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, my stepdaughter, she likes to say, I'm well into my 50s. <laughs> <laughs> no no you're but, uh, you're a young man yeah, you know and you know through experience like we've talked a lot about experience and uh you know I've come back the other way a lot and i would definitely not call myself a atheist anymore well, very cool just for the record okay well i appreciate that and i definitely just to touch, uh, on, just to touch on something that you know bring it back to the old days a little bit and uh you know i would i would have probably then I don't know if I would have called myself an atheist, but I would definitely would have thought it. <laughs> yeah, you definitely had this like, oh yeah, that's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and that's true. Um, and, and, and to be fair, some of it I still believe is bullshit. Dude, but, the, the human um, the human interpretation of it is almost exclusively bullshit. Yes. Okay. So, so <laughs> yes, we agree there. But the 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 thing though is may very well not be and um yes i I honestly think that you know it's just as plausible as anything else there's a ton of unexplained shit out there and uh you know and so again the conversation is worth having right is it Um, ever you know and then like that's what i was saying to you over messages like like you know what you're doing here and like i'll reiterate for everybody is like what you're doing here is important because you're fostering conversations about whatever it doesn't have to be about you know something specific or politics or god or religion or it could be anything right like it could be like like about your kids right it's an important conversation right which direction a top stitch goes exactly dude (laughs) um you know, maybe that's a little less important. Um, and being someone that top stitches a lot, I actually will tell you that's bullshit. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but like, yeah. to, to get back to my point, is like what you're doing here with this with this show is super important because you're you're fostering nuance and context. And like to me, like 
we so desperately need that in society and in america today because like every it's so polarized um and so like i appreciate you um doing this because it like it does foster and it's it's not it's positive it's a positive thing and we need more of that everybody well i appreciate that and i appreciate you Uh, being part of it i mean obviously taking time out of your day is uh valuable so no and like and I'm, I'm happy to be here and you know and i'm happy to come back anytime you like um and uh so yeah i just well that, that's one of the things i really wanted to touch on before we before we wrap it up here um it's just that there you know everybody that's been on this show and me and um yeah. i think that probably everybody is you know and anyone listening um on spotify is probably going yeah like this is great because it does. <laughs> God, I hope so. Right or wrong doesn't really matter. Like, right. like I'm sure I've said some shit today that's not true. Like, Same. You know yeah. what I mean? And or somebody or somebody even perceives it's not true, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, you know. Um, but the, think about the, it. <laughs> like, it's the nuance and context that gets you thinking maybe in a different way than you did before. Um, yeah. and my biggest thing is just don't pick sides. Just look at issues and decide for yourself and don't let somebody that doesn't even know your name tell you how to think right or get in your head and change the course of your day whether you're a republican or a democrat or dirty leftist uh, you know whatever (laughs) Um, right you know um you know just don't let somebody that doesn't know your name and doesn't give a shit about you decide how you fucking think because like then you are the sheep yeah Uh, you know and nuance and context matter that's my biggest you don't believe those stupid thoughts too. I mean, you're not your own thoughts too. Yeah, I mean, and that's it. Like, you know, like and from everybody has the negative thoughts about themselves and others, and you know, I just try to put them into context, and you know, and you know, move on to something better. Um, for sure. Concentrate on something better, and sometimes it's very hard. Um, and it, it has been for me over the last few years with some of the things that have gone on. Um, yeah. Depression's real. Yeah. No, it really is. And I feel pretty fortunate for myself because I've always been a very positive person. Mm-hmm. So when I get to those spots, those dark places, they're maybe not quite as dark as they could be for some other people. Yeah. Um, so then that was, I feel pretty fortunate. You for know? Sure, man. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Holmes, um, it's been great talking to you, seeing your Absolutely. face. Uh, you know, like I was saying before, I missed the conversations. Um, there's not Same. many people. There's Same. not many people that um, can have that type of conversation without trying to direct an outcome. God, I hate that so much. You know, and uh, yeah, you know, and like even though we we kind of were both were doing that in the day, we kind of didn't too. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we still had enough respect for each other. Um, for sure. You know, and. Uh, so yeah, I think about the conversations and you know, and these new ones are incredible. So. Well, I'm gonna bother you again real soon, and hopefully, I can yeah. shave a piece of time out of you next time. Absolutely, anytime. It's my it's my pleasure, buddy. All right, appreciate it, Will. You got it, buddy. We'll talk to you. Real soon.